the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to hour number two, Bruce Hooley Show. Thanks for listening. And if we uh, have to part ways because you're getting out of your car, well, we don't have to part ways because you can take us with you wherever you go in the iHeartTuneInRadio.com app. By the way, uh, I'm not a technological genius, but uh, yesterday I got a call from uh, my friend and my boss at the flooring company where I work after I leave here. And he said, uh, I'm going to be out of the area and I hate to miss your show. And I'm like, well, you have Bluetooth in your car. You don't have to miss my show. You can listen to us on the Bluetooth in your car the way you hear people talking to you on the phone on the Bluetooth. You just have to play the app through your Bluetooth. And you say, well, come on. What is this? Elementary school? You're telling me how to use Bluetooth? There are people who don't know how. Okay? So I appreciate those who want to hear the Bruce Hooley Show. And I'm excited to bring on a guest for the first time, a gentleman by the name of Brian Lorenz. Brian, Delaware, city of Delaware, Delaware County. He is your rep in the Ohio House of Representatives, and he's a good one. And he took the place of a good one, Chris Jordan. And Brian joins us. He's the representative from District 60. And we're going to talk about uh, his uh, in, his baptism into the Ohio State House, how he has found it so far, and what he's trying to get done on behalf of the people in Delaware County that he represents. So, Brian, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks a lot for having me, Bruce. How are you this afternoon? I'm doing great. I, I got to know how you're doing, because I was reading your bio, and I see that you have triplet girls i have three girls brian but i spaced them out over like seven years i didn't have them all at once (laughs) we're doing great uh thanks to my uh, outstanding wife sue she's the glue that holds it all together but they just uh yep seniors and they just graduated from uh, liberty high school so now we're looking at four college tuitions but it's all good it is all good good. it is all good (laughs) well i mean you know uh you got ed choice in ohio a year too late to help you out although liberty you wouldn't have had tuition but uh, i know uh, i'm going to assume you were a supporter of the expansion of ed choice in the state of ohio and a lot of the other uh, republican-led initiatives some that have been passed and are in uh into law already like expansion of ed choice but some others that i'm sure you'd like to get done tell us about those absolutely yes um you know, the big thing right now that we're working on, Bruce, is, is the uh, issue one mm-hmm. uh, in getting people out to vote for that. And, um, you know, that is really paramount for um, our state. Uh, and that's what um, my friends in the legislature are really focused on, spreading that message. Uh, and so, you know, our Constitution is a foundational document. Uh, it's not to be modified by special interest groups on a political whim. And when I'm talking to constituents, people are concerned because the left will say, oh, well, we're losing your, your voice or mm. one vote, one voice, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But, but fundamentally, uh, what we're seeking is not changing anything in the legislature. Uh, Ohioans won't lose their voice because when we pass laws at the state house, we still maintain that 50% plus one. That's all that's going to need, be needed to change the state laws. It's not going to change. We just want our Constitution 
uh, threshold to go up to 60%. And we also want signatures for proposed constitutional amendments to be signed in every county uh, so that the left can't cherry pick larger counties uh, and disenfranchise, you know, some of our residents in smaller counties. Yeah, I think that makes total sense. And uh, our guest is Brian Lorenz. Brian represents uh, the city of Delaware and portions of Delaware County in the Ohio State House District 60. And to me, Brian, it should be hard to amend a constitution uh, in one way or the other. And you should have to get people from rural Ohio and people from uh, the urban areas in Ohio if you want to get a ballot initiative there. And obviously, there are more people who live in a concentrated area in a big city. If you can go into a big city and land a bunch of signatures and ignore the people out in the rural areas, you're going to do that. But it's a different uh, viewpoint on life and a different... uh, accent on certain foundational values in our country, like enforcement of laws and crime and punishment and things like that. Ohio is a very vast state. It's a very diverse state, to use the term that the left loves, but I'm not sure that it's diverse in the way that the left wants it to be, because they would like to see uh, the uh, the inner cities, which predominantly elect Democrats, uh, take over the state of Ohio. But when you look at the supermajorities in the Senate and in the House, it's pretty clear that Ohio is a center-right or maybe even a little bit right-of-center-right state. That's absolutely right. And, you know, ironically enough, Bruce, um, the left was pushing for this uh, constitutional change, the threshold change of 60 percent, you know, back in 2018, uh, and, um, you know, weren't able to get that changed uh, through the uh, both of the House and the Senate. Uh, And that's been well reported in the dispatch. Uh, so it, it, it's, you know, it, it's um, interesting that they're suddenly changing their mind while they're misinforming voters uh, with their messaging about individual rights being taken care of. And I, I think this is really important issue for us to get past, uh, because once the Constitution is changed, uh, it'll be next to impossible to change it back. And that silences all future dissension. And it's not fair to our children, and it's certainly not fair to the unborn. Yeah, absolutely right. Uh, our guest is Brian Lorenz. He is District 60's representative in the Ohio State House. That's the city of Delaware, Delaware County. And I do love that, that you say that, and that uh, Frank LaRose says that, and that other people and myself, proponents of passing Issue 1, say that. When, when they try to uh, accost us with, well, this is just about abortion, I'm like, yeah. It is. It's about making it as absolutely hard as possible for you to ingrain abortion into Ohio law. And if it's 50% plus one, if it stays the way it is, I fear that we're going to get an amendment passed or a law passed, rather, a law passed in the fall that's going to allow abortions up through 23 weeks. We've already litigated this once in the state of Ohio, a six-week heartbeat bill. This is not a radical bill. It's the same kind of a mindset as the state of Iowa, where Governor Kim Reynolds signed that bill. Oklahoma, other pro-life states, the Supreme Court turned this back to the states. The people in Ohio who want to abort children lost in the state house. It's not the opinion of the state of Ohio as a whole that we should be aborting children between the sixth week of pregnancy and the 23rd week of pregnancy. And yet they're trying to find a way around this and a try and a way to... Uh, overwhelm an issue to me that's already been litigated, but we have that one activist judge in Cincinnati that issued the injunction, and so we're now and have been under a system where we've had kids being aborted here for months and months and months, a year now, in the aftermath of the overturn of Roe versus Wade. 
Yeah, that's absolutely right. And, uh, you know, there's enough signatures for a constitutional amendment that we'll see in November on that. Uh, and right now, you know, we, uh, we've not changed any abortion laws. It's just Ro- or, uh, the Roe versus Wade being overturned just gave the power back to the state. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I'm a pro-lifer without exception. And I think one of the reasons you see such a broad-based coalition of organizations in our state that are in favor of passing this, specifically including, you know, the, the Catholics and uh, a lot of our pastors and churches, uh, it's because, you know, this, I, I look at these as elections in incremental steps and taking back, you know, our rights in our country. This is the first step that we have to get approved. Uh, and then we have to move on and, and stop uh, any more uh additions or, or lengths to the abortion process. And, and, and so, uh, you know, I think it's very important that we, we get this passed. Absolutely right. Uh, Brian, I appreciate what you're doing on behalf of passing Issue 1, what you're doing on behalf of the people uh, that you serve in Delaware and in Delaware County. Uh, it was great to get to meet you the other day. I wish you well uh, as you adjust to uh, your new life as a legislator in the State House. I know you had a long career in Powell and City Council when you were mayor for a while, so I appreciate your willingness to serve, and I wish you well in all that you do. Thank you so much for having me on and let me talk about this important issue. Uh, and if anybody out there has questions, feel free to reach out to me. I'm happy to help with that. I feel that, you know, the folks in Delaware County and all across Ohio really are starting to realize the importance of this issue and once you explain it to them, how it makes a lot of sense you know, especially with the thresholds that our, our federal constitution has. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks, Bruce. It was very nice to talk to you. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate it. All the best to you. That's uh, Brian you. Lorenz. He is the uh, District uh, 60 representative in the Ohio State House. And toward the passage of that, uh, leading up to the special election on August the 8th, uh, they're going to be an event on uh, this coming Monday at Grace Baptist Church in Kettering, Tuesday at Mainville Baptist Church and Capital City Baptist Church in Faith Stadium in Columbus. On Wednesday, events will be held at Heritage Baptist Church in Willoughby and the church in Maumee. So uh, we've got some events out there. Uh, this is going to pass or fail based upon the engagement of authentic Bible-believing people. If we can get to the polls on August the 8th, all the people who are in Bible-believing churches, this will pass. But you know that the left is very good at what? Marshalling their forces. They're going to get college students, and they're going to go into the inner cities, and they're going to do everything they can, and they are doing everything they can. You see it in the early voting numbers. You see it in the ballot harvesting numbers out there. So vote early if you're a Republican. Let's get those numbers up right now, because if you wait, I only believe in voting on the day. I used to be that way, too. I now realize that some things, there are battles worth fighting and battles that are not worth fighting. The early voting battle is not a battle worth fighting. Go out, vote early, get your friends to vote. Let's win this on August the 8th. Well, I'm very happy to perhaps, perhaps, perhaps be wrong in that... A bunch of different news outlets are taking the delay in Hunter Biden's plea deal being accepted and rubber stamped by the court in Delaware. They are taking it as proof that the plea deal is or has fallen apart. Gee, that would be a shame, wouldn't it? 
ABC News, the AP. It's not just Fox, not just Newsmax. Apparently the judge, Mary Ellen Norieka, expressed concern about the plea deal, not the tax part, but the federal gun part. Now, the federal gun part is the part that didn't get a whole lot of play in the media because, well, Hunter Biden getting a $5 million bribe from a Ukrainian energy company and then hooking his dad up with a $5 million bribe and not paying taxes on it because he didn't declare it as income. Well, that's pretty consequential because, you know, we all hate paying taxes. And when somebody like Hunter Biden, who's the epitome of white privilege, if it ever exists, it exists with Hunter Biden. I mean, it doesn't exist for me. It doesn't exist for normal, average, everyday Joe. But yeah, Hunter Biden, I'm not going to say there's no such thing as white privilege. What gave it away, Bruce? Oh, the fact that he's on video committing like multiple drug crimes, human trafficking with prostitutes across state lines, and nothing happened? He's not even charged? Mm, that might give it away a little bit. But the gun crime... When you buy a gun, you have to fill out a form that says you are not addicted to drugs. And most people, it's pretty hard to prove that they're addicted to drugs unless, you know, they have a drug test in close proximity to the day they bought the gun. Hunter Biden uh, did interviews, uh, wrote a book where he talked about how cocaine addled he was at the time he was buying the gun. Now, Democrats, and this judge is a Democrat, Democrats all the time are braying about, we need more gun laws, we need more, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, well, maybe in this instance, we actually found a Democrat who will look past the fact that the defendant in front of her is a Democrat and actually enforce the law. Merrick Garland's not interested in that. David Weiss is not interested in that. None of the attorneys in the uh, FBI or DOJ appear interested in that. Uh, Mary Ellen Norieka may be interested in that. I'm not going to jump to conclusions and say it's over because she's told the two sides to confer and see if they can reach an agreement on a charge that she will find amenable. I would love to see her turn the whole entire thing back and tell them to start over. There's a lot of uh, input on this, uh, a lot of things that I've learned even today as much as I follow it as closely as I follow it in the news, I learned today I couldn't watch all, what, six, seven hours of the whistleblower testimony. Here's what I missed in the whistleblower testimony. There's a lot of talk about Hunter Biden skating on the most serious tax violations because he got the bribe from Burisma, millions of dollars from Burisma, in like 2014, 2015. It's now 2023. Do the math. It's eight years later. The statute of limitations on federal tax crimes is five years. Now, you don't pay your taxes until the year after you actually get the money. So him getting the money in 2014 and 15 pushed the tax crimes into what? 2016 and 2017. Well, 2017 plus five is 2022. And so the statute of limitations expired. This is what the whistleblower said. The statute of limitations expired on the most serious tax crimes. But what I didn't know was that there was an agreement in place between the Delaware state attorney who was investigating all this and Hunter Biden's attorneys, they agreed to push back the statute of limitations. In other words, it's like, okay, I know it's going to take you a long time to figure this out. 
uh, will agree to extend the statute of limitations. And then the Delaware state attorney didn't extend the statute of limitations. I mean, give me a break. Here's Jonathan Turley talking about this, and then I'll have thoughts. If I was this judge, I would be most interested in one aspect of the whistleblower's testimony. And it came out of nowhere. One of them said that they had an agreement to extend the statute of limitations on the 2014-2015 crimes. Uh, those extensions of the statute of limitations, the time in which you have to bring a charge, are not uncommon. They're particularly common in tax cases. But what they testified to was that Weiss didn't use that agreement, that the Hunter Biden team, according to the testimony, had agreed to that, uh, but that Weiss decided to let the crimes lapse. And the question is why? Under In what universe would a prosecutor not want uh, two potential felonies on the table, even if you're going to cut a plea agreement? Anybody have an answer to that? Why would a prosecutor not want as long as possible to press his case against a possible defendant? Hey, would you like to push the statute of limitations back? No, that's okay. Let's just keep them where they are. In the event I find something really, really serious, there's no follow-up to that because there's no plausible reason why a prosecutor would turn down an extension of the statute of limitations. Oh, wait, there's one reason why, and the reason why is because the prosecutor doesn't want to find the guy guilty. That's why. That explains it, doesn't it? Why did you turn down the extension of the statute of limitations? Well, keep this to yourself, but... I really don't want to convict Hunter Biden of anything. Shh. That's the only explanation, is it not? It is the only possible explanation. So I think we're hanging a very heavy wire, uh, a very heavy weight on a very thin wire when we expect this judge, who's definitely a Democrat and who has ruled in favor of the Bidens before on something, in favor of Hunter Biden before. On something, I think it had to do with his uh, child support case or something weird that he was he was in front of her before, and he won that ruling. Now she apparently, maybe she's a crazy you know gun grabber. Who knows? But something has at least forced her to not just rubber stamp this, and she has told the two sides to get together and see if they can work something out that will be uh, a result that she agrees with. I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe there's hope. Maybe this will fall apart. Oh, that would be so. Imagine the programming boost that will give The View and uh, MSNBC. Nicole Wallace, Joy Reid. She's still on. Joy Reid. She's still alive. Uh, their ratings will no doubt soar if this Hunter Biden plea deal does not go through. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.